morning. I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. Good morning. It is 99.3 and 98.5 on your dial. Information with inspiration. Reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.net. Calm. Evelyn, good morning. Good morning, Miss Cindy. What a beautiful day it is in the neighborhood. Well, However, it's dreary today, oh, but our hearts are singing with joy that's today. Right. Well, I can't, you know, I come in from Cedar Park. It's absolutely glorious. And then I get in the office, a dense fog. Wow. I mean, and I was like, what is going on uh-huh. here? It looks like someone opened up their exhaust and just left it <laughs> open all night long. So it is kind of a wherever you're at today, it could be sunny. It could be foggy. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to burn off. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend, and there are several things going on around town this weekend. Let's talk about a few of those, Evelyn. Well, uh, number one tonight is the Faith Night at the Toros uh, Basketball, and this is the Basketball Week. I know you and Jim are basketball fans. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, this would be a great night out there. They're going to have a ba- It's Faith Night, so they'll have a battle of Christian fans uh, bands beginning <laughs> the battle of the fans. I yeah. love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> bring your sticks. Uh, beginning at four o'clock, and then that will be followed by the basketball game. And we'll be out there with a National Day of Prayer table and uh, awesome. the news journal, giving uh-huh. away some free things. And it's going to be an exciting evening as we're with Chuck and uh, Karen Walker, who are Leander. Uh, coordinators for National Day of Prayer, and they're really working hard, Cindy. They are going to have the Leander event this year, a breakfast at the new Taco Bell in Leander. And Dirk Dozier, our good friend who owns all the Taco Bells, is going to be the speaker. So they're really working their area, and I know you've had a lot of work in that area this week. Well, I will tell you, uh, the the Walkers are awesome. They've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Tomorrow. With, yeah. With Jesus uh, Country Show. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, so we want to really make sure that you all support them and uh, show up. They'll be out at uh, New Hope Community Church for the Jesus Country Show tomorrow uh, morning. Live, and there'll be kids kids rides. You know what? There's some other stuff going on today. Today is Encounter, which is the Austin area prayer equipping and training conference that's mm-hmm. over at Promised Land yes. uh, today, and so we want to encourage people to go over and. Check that out, and that's an awesome, awesome event. Mm-hmm. There'll be a, you know, Austin is blessed to have a number of quality speakers, trainers, mm-hmm. and uh, you and I have both done that conference at different times. Uh, there'll be some other people doing it this year, as there's that many in Austin. They're rotating those those, sure. those gifted teachers, and that'll be today at Promised Land. And then today is the Austin Attic. Film Festival, <laughs> Christian Film Festival out on St. John's. And that, you know, uh, Vicki Porterfield, our friend uh, that's one of, from Prairfields, was telling us how she and her husband love that festival. So there are a lot of things going on. Of course, we're getting ready for, uh, for National Day of Prayer mm-hmm. and for the wonderful plans and things that we know are going to be happening here in Austin that first week in May. You know, as I talk to coordinators from around the state, and you work with coordinators from all all walks of life, and of course, Evelyn is someone who does such a, a beautiful job 
in the trenches. She's uh, fearless oh, with regard to that. But I, you know, get these these beautiful uh, notes from the coordinators around the state and their heart for for praying for the nation. And uh, you know, just this last week, I got uh, one from uh, a coordinator who talked about how she'd been really involved in the uh, Tea Party movement. Oh, okay. And uh, that the Lord spoke to her heart, and he said, you know, you're just, this is not going to be resolved. You know, mm-hmm. what's going on in this nation is not going to be resolved uh, by politics alone. And he said, you know, you, you need to get on your knees and pray. And she said, so she was uh, moving that direction. And uh, one exciting of the, thing. Yeah. So well, one of the things that we do is we pray, if we are prayed up, that means if, and we're going to talk about that today. How it is that we are so directly connected to the power source for our everyday life? When we make that connection and we are seeking answers and seeking help, God will speak to us in ways that we would not hear if we were not fully connected with him. And so one of the things that we say in National Day of Prayer is, first of all, is you make the connection. If you're praying for your leaders, you get to know them. And then secondly, you ask them how you can pray for them. Get directions. And then, this is the big thing that we'll be doing in November. If they are not willing to listen or willing to be actively involved in life as we know it as Christians, then you correct it by going to the ballot box. And so it's not that we're, we are pray against anybody, Cindy. We don't pray against anybody. We just pray that God would raise up those that he is anointed and appointed and planted that can serve us in a way that we can do two things. Number one, live at peace. And secondly, serve the Savior. And in America, every day we're losing more and more of our religious rights to be able to do Well, that's true. The theme this year for National Day of Prayer is One Nation Under God out of Psalm 33, 12. That says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And, you know, when you talk about the praying against, of course, in, in 1 Timothy, it talks about praying for mm-hmm. those in authority. And, and I think that sometimes there is... You know, there is a mentality of, of cursing. There right. can be. But, you know, the people of God are made to bless. If you want to turn the hearts of kings and nations, no matter where you are, then we extend the hand of blessing. And by that, we mean calling forth those things that the Word of God talks about in terms of the promises and the purposes and the character of God and what he desires to see, you know, in a nation that is honors uh, him first, mm-hmm. honors the true nature of freedom, honors, and by freedom I don't mean the freedom to do whatever you want right. to do, but the freedom to exercise sound wisdom and judgment in the world. And so this is, you know, this will be a day where millions of people across this nation in venues from schoolhouse steps to courthouse steps on one day, even though we're practicing the daily discipline of praying for leaders, on one day come together to preserve those public freedoms to be able to worship in public, the ones that our forefathers fought and died for, while at the same time exercising the truth of the word of God, which is to bless the nation as the people of God to come and ask for our hearts to be changed, not to point out 
mm-hmm. the errors of a nation, but to have our hearts changed for us to give our loyalty first to God above every flag, above every Absolutely. creed. And so it, it's an awesome. We will hope to see people as we gather. Where, where are all the opportunities, Evelyn, that people will well, be able to join? One of the things that we'll start with is Nick uh, Voichis is coming in. He's a young man that has no limbs whatsoever, no feet, no hands. And um, we've got him pretty well booked tight. He he will be speaking, first of all, at Pflugerville High School at 9.15 on Tuesday, uh, May the 1st. And then he'll go from there to Copeland as it speak to a small rural elementary school. Then he'll come back and he'll speak to to Hyde Park uh, quarries, their whole school system is coming together. So it's that Tuesday will be focused on talking to young people about their life goals, their passion and their vision to serve the Lord Jesus and how it is that they too might connect with him in ways that God could use them regardless of what their limits are. You know what? Nick lives without limits, and he's not able to even feed himself. So, yeah, yeah. he's actually his ministry is called Life Without Limbs, mm-hmm. but then the uh, parentheses is Life Without Limits. Limits, right? And so then on t- on Wednesday morning we will have the governor's prayer breakfast, and that is open. We are taking reservations now uh, at the website. And boy, people better because I will tell you, mm-hmm. I. I'll, I'll be having four tables, which is usually tw- twice the number that I have, and I've got to get in there and pay for it because oh, this is going to get this is going to get sold yeah, out. Yeah, we are really having fast. people. We're having people not just get tickets, but getting two and three tables. I sold three tables yesterday to one guy that's going to fill it up with legislators. So you know, we would encourage you to you know get involved. Then. After uh, the breakfast, we'll go to Camp Mabry. We have a sponsor that's going to sponsor that event with uh, General Nichols and uh, uh, Chaplain And this Craig is all Holmes. on Wednesday, May the all 2nd. All Wednesday, huh And then that night, this is free for anybody, and you just need to come early. We will be having a youth and college and parent rally at Ryan Rush's church, South Austin, at Bannockburn. It will start at 7 o'clock. Well, actually, it will start at 6.30. Again, Craig Combs will be there, and we're going to have an outside ceremony around the flag and uh, just really, uh, you know, meet Is the whole thing going to be outside? No, oh, okay. just the first 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Then we'll move inside for the concert oh, to hear Nick because okay. Nick couldn't speak outside. Yeah, so. okay. But that, that's all on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Cindy, this nation is going to be bowing its knees at noon on on Thursday, which is the first Thursday of May every year. And these are exciting times. We we are really excited about what it is that God's doing in in Texas, especially with you as our new Texas <laughs> leader, and and just the opportunity again we have to know that as we join together. And we seek God according to Second Chronicles 7.14, that he does hear our prayer and he does move on our behalf to bless a nation. Mm. That's what the word says. Yeah, to bless a nation. Well, we you are know, going to give away some tickets Yeah, let's today. talk about that. We've got two tickets to the uh, Toros tonight. And uh, we're going to talk about a particular subject around uh, a news story. Okay. Now, do we're going to tell our news story after the break? 
Yes. We are. Okay, well then rather than give the magic word, we'll give a number. We're gonna we're gonna take our break and we're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about Etcher Sketch and then sometime during that we're gonna be giving away a couple of tickets. Right, Evelyn? Right. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful and blessed KLGO, the studios that is 99.3 and 98.5. The word information with inspiration reminding you that we're streaming live at KLGO and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we, we always open our first segment and kind of what's going on in in general. What our life is like, yeah. living the life. And, and what are the things that are going on in Austin that we can help to uh, share with others. But um, yeah, I know you have a, a couple of news stories today about things that, are, that have gone on this week with regard to the presidential campaign. We also have two tickets that we're going to give away to caller number five, or should we make it caller number two? Let's make it two. All right. Caller number two. they're listening, they're waiting. Okay, but here's the word that you have to know, the word of the day, which is mercy. Right. Because we're going to be talking about that. But let's, let's talk about a little bit of a contemporary uh, model of that. Well, Cindy, uh The interesting thing this week in the campaign that uh, is going on, and, of course, that's the big news of the day, is um, a word that um, uh, Nick Mitt Romney used, and it was um, the word etch-a-sketch. And it's been in the news a lot this week, and um, uh, if you don't know what an etch-a-sketch is, it's a children's toy that has carbon or something under a screen, and you can shake it, and then you can use your finger, the little stick, and write messages. It's kind of like your notebook, Cindy. It's about the size. <laughs> and you can write messages on there, or children can draw uh, uh, cartoons or whatever. And so what really happened this week was uh, the because Romney mentioned it, and then everybody else got into the... Uh, in the mix, the mix. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of those, uh, their stock went sky high. And literally, it was the fir- the biggest stock uh, ballooning in, in history, I think, at one time within a, just a few hours. And the guy that um, made the statement was um, named Pat, and uh, he said that uh, after all of this, he thought next time he talked that he would... Um, say something about Mr. Potato Head. So it got to be a really, really major news story this week. And so let's look at a couple of those and um, and and talk about how different ones reacted to that. Well, here's the, you know, of course, then, uh, the, the rivals, Sam Torum and Gingrich and Ron Paul, uh, had to get into the... Oh, yeah. Into the... So Gingrich... 
uh, ended up handing an extra sketch to a child at a campaign stop in Louisiana, declaring, now you too can be a presidential <laughs> candidate. Oh, he's so sarcastic. Okay, so what was going on with Rick Santorum? Uh, I'm just saying, he, oh, he, he had spokeswoman Alice Stewart even handed out many Etch-a-Sketch uh-huh. to reporters. Huh, now this is interesting. Well, the thing is, is that what um, Romney said was, uh, or his writer said, he compared the campaign ship from the primary battle to the general election like an Etch-a-Sketch, which meant, that, you know, all these things that we've written before, all these things we've said before, and we're going to shake it down, and we're going to have a whole new picture of what it's going to be like. Oh, and once so, once it gets down to a one-person candidate yes, against, so uh, okay, I see. Yeah, what happened was, uh, because he mentioned it, then everybody went to see what Etch-A-Sketch was. Because I don't know if you your children had an Etch-A-Sketch or not, but mine did. And it was a toy that was just uh, the forerunner of a computer, basically. It was where they could be creative and do things. So it has hit the news big time. And, of course, when we take that, Cindy, and compare it to the good life, to the Christian life, that's what grace is. That's what mercy is. We can write on the screen of our life all the sin in the world. And when it comes back down to the bottom line, the Lord Jesus, at the end of the day, if we confess our sins, the scriptures say he is always faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. So what he does is he just cleans away our etch sketch and we start over the next day. And to me, that is exciting concept. As we are in this series, and we talked last week about in the good life of living the Christian life, how we kick out sin in our life. We cannot honor God if we are constantly going that sin route. And we all sin. We've talked about that. None of us, in fact, John says, if you say you don't, you're lying and you're sinning already. Mm-hmm. So sin is is the thing that keeps us from having a a visible image before a world that is looking for the answers to the issues of life. They're like these politicians. They're looking for one more little hook, one more little gadget that can help them uh, deliver the message that they have, thinking that they can correct everything in this nation. So when we look at at what happened this week with the edge sketch, just one word one little statement just set the whole news world in an uproar. But not only that, it filtered over to the business world when people are buying Etch-a-Sketch stock like crazy. You know, I, I'm i always tickled when, when a story comes through the airwaves. We, we have a tendency to think that we're such a sophisticated right. people. And it just tickles me that from a... 
from a an example, just a verbal example of what takes place of being able to shake things up and start with a clean slate, which is basically the etch a sketch example. And that's the that result. it would trickle down into some somebody's notion <laughs> of uh, this was good for the product. But you know, we're in this series, and we've been talking about Jesus, the perfect one, and you know, I've contemplated that. Every Saturday that we come in, we mm-hmm. both do, and the, the Lord is generous to us to put things on our heart and to right. share deeply from His heart. And uh, but I, as we get closer to Easter, there is never a more poignant time than to really talk about the perfect one, mm-hmm. because if it wasn't for the perfection of Christ, both in His incarnate life. More importantly, in his relationship as the Godhead to the Father while living on earth as an incarnate life. That is, that is as, as much as an important part of that as what took place at Calvary. Right. You know, the, the depth and breadth of what God does is it's, you know, it's hardly ever unilateral. It, it, it has such, it's like a ripple on a pond. Mm-hmm. You know, once that, that stone hits the pond, the ripples just extend out forever. And the perfect one in Jesus Christ and his example to us during that time when he walked upon the earth and then paid the ultimate price to kick sin out mm-hmm. has such, has absolutely eternal and infinite repercussions. You know, unlike Etch-A-Sketch, which which may have a bubble because for a moment in time a personality mentioned it and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, here today and gone tomorrow. A person whose ministry lasted less than three years Mm -hmm. but who came to earth in perfect unity with God the Father and then walked that life out for you and I that he might pay the price that you and I could not pay in order for sin to be kicked out. And this is why we talk about the perfect one, because we've talked about how this this sacrifice that Christ Jesus made in his life paid that ultimate price, ransomed us, and then bought for us not the crucified life of law, but the resurrected life of love. Mercy and grace, Cindy. And that's that's the illustration from the Etch-A-Sketch is that it is mercy. And that is our word for the day. And if you have not called us, we can give you two tickets if you can tell us what that is. Um, mercy came at Calvary. Uh, grace came when God sent forth Jesus from the very beginning. And we don't understand those concepts. And but we are, need to. I, I know. Cindy. The kingdom of grace was a stat. The, the, the kingdom that God had established prior to that was established upon the law. His greatest hope and desire to be to have a relationship and a covenant mm-hmm. with the people that would be an example to the world so that that the world would know that he was not an absent God. He was a present God, and he was an omniscient God, and he was a sovereign God. But when Jesus Christ comes at the moment of love, when all, when all fullness comes and, and, and time 
the time that God had set for Jesus to come, you're right. The kingdom of grace is established, and you and I live in the kingdom of grace. And it cannot be erased on the etch and sketch. That's the thing that's so exciting. We can never do anything, Cindy, that would uh, invalidate the, the grace of God. Under the old law, mercy was the word of the day. Yeah, because there would have been a lot of discussion about how merciful that was. It was. But see, God provided a way for them to come to him in repentance. That's what the mercy seat was all about in the tabernacle. And and yet that was just a forerunner of the the greatest mercy of all, which is the grace that Jesus Christ delivered and sealed uh, on, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. We're not using the word Easter much anymore. We're saying Resurrection Sunday. That's the day that it was written in the heaven, heavenlies and nothing could change it. So it's not an etch-a-sketch thing. It's not something someone can come along and replace. It is written in the halls of time and eternity that this one thing is we have to go to the graveyard. And we talked about that last week, Cindy, going to the graveyard. That means we have to go to that place, which we call ground zero, and recognize the price that Jesus Christ paid for your sin and my sin. And and we've said this before. As we go to that at Mount Calvary, it's on a hillside above the city. There's a bus barn below it now. But it was a prominent place for the whole city to see when those crosses went up on that hill. And when Jesus walked toward that cross, or that hole where that cross was going to be, he knew the price had to be paid. And we didn't. But it's grace that has preserved it generation after generation. And it is as valuable today because of God's mercy as it was when Jesus laid his life down for you and for me. That's right, Evelyn. It is time for us to take a break. I realized that when I was talking about giving away the tickets, and uh, we still have those, but I didn't give the number. It is 637-THE-WORD. That is 637-9673. And we'd ask that you, you know, we've got two free tickets to Faith and Family tonight. There's always a night with the Toros out at Cedars Park. Toro's basketball. That's always a great fun night for faith and family night. So if you want to pick those up, give us a call on this on the love line at six three seven the word. That's six three seven nine six seven three. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration. Reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. And you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. We went out on our break, Evelyn, and we are in this series, of course, talking about the perfect one. And in talking about perfection, you just cannot escape <laughs> talking about sin. But we are talking about it in a whole new light because, boy, do I live in a community of Christians 
that, you know, now there are all kind of communities out there. There's the communities of the world. They could just care less about sin. And then there are some people that think if they'll just be a good enough person all of their life, you know, that that will be the ticket to uh, heaven. And then you've got Christians who then, too, are really striving to, to get it right. Mm-hmm. Get it right. You know, and really what Jesus came to do was exchange that crucified life of the law with the resurrected life of love. And then he says to us, he says, you know, I'm going to give you a prescription for how to live life. It isn't like we should be not living life to the to the best degree, but but we're not going to find perfection in ourselves Romans the book of Romans uh, for you know chapter one is of course a, a, a perfect example of that, that of that it's never going to be my righteousness mm-hmm. it's always going to be about the righteousness of Christ the only open door I have to Jesus Christ is by faith I'm justified by faith living from his faithfulness into the faith that he imparts to us we live by faith and that is living by faith is not the same thing as living by perfection but we so we've but we've talked about kicking sin out. We talked about that last week and living the resurrected life and what that meant. We talked about the old is dead and the new is love. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what it is that we have to do in order to get in line with a God that is perfect. And the thing we have to do is is pretty much what Jesus did. And Colossians 3 spells that out really well. And it's uh, verses 5 through 8. Now, this is going to scare you right now because the headline for Colossians <laughs> 5 through 8 is go to the graveyard. Right. And it says, it says, and it means killing off everything connected with the way of death. You know, when Jesus was talking about perfection, when we are talking about him as the perfect one and we're talking about the Godhead is, is completely perfect and full of justice, it is that we would choose life and not death. Sin is the path towards death. And so it says that you kill off everything connected with death. Promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it, grabbing, grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings that uh, are not of God, but it is because that God comes in and shows us a better way to make sure that things are going well, that we get rid of a bad temper, irritability, mm-hmm. meanness, profanity, and and dirty talk. This is the <laughs> this is the message I love. Dirty meeting. talk. I wonder what dirty talk is. And so here's the deal, Evelyn. Okay. So here's the new life. Okay. It's basically that that Christ is saying exchange all those things that you've bought into mm-hmm. of the world that made you cool and made you attractive going out and you know whether it's you have a cigarette hanging off your lip and a drink uh-huh. in one hand and you know and cussing up a storm and the reason why do I know how to say why do I know to paint a picture like that I've lived that life at different mm-hmm. times you know trying to be impressive and and uh, by going along and and getting along but those that's 
that's the road to death. It is, Cindy. And not to life. The Lord is promising a new life, and he explains it. He says he volunteered himself for death, that you and I might be reconciled. You know, we, we choose, it is our choice, Evelyn, to choose life or death. Both in this moment, when, when we're out in life and choosing, whether we're choosing to put heroin in our veins mm. or not, whether we're choosing to go out on the road and, and drive drunk at 100 miles an hour going down a wrong way street, for sure those are practical examples of choosing death. But there are more subtle examples that this verse points out of choosing death. But we have the opportunity to choose life. But to choose life means that you have to give up the ways that are not of God. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just no way around it. It isn't that we have to be perfect because we will none of us will right. ever be perfect. But if we become an agent of death, if we're bringing death to our own bodies, which have become the temple of God, if we are practicing the ways of the world where the wages are death, we have to turn our backs on that. There is no in-between life with Mm -hmm. God. You cannot really court death and flirt with it and the ways that are dead to God and the ways that are sinful to God or the ways that um, are uh, repugnant to God. You cannot really choose those as a lifestyle and at the same time choose an abundant life. There is grace for that. Mm -hmm. There's always grace for having chosen death. There's always forgiveness. There's nothing that God won't forgive. But if you want to live the Emmanuel life, life with God, Life unto God, life within the kingdom of grace, being an agent of God rather than an agent of death, then there is no in-between. You can't live a life full of meanness and profanity and promiscuity. You can still receive forgiveness, but you can't adopt that lifestyle of rebellion against God and expect that in your life that you are not inviting death. Cindy, that is so true, and that is a picture of the change that comes when we come to know the reality of the love of God and not just the law of God. And these things that that Paul was writing about here was to remind them of what the old life was like when they didn't know any better. And and we, we experience that a lot of times in our small groups or in our Bible studies or in counseling session. People sometimes just don't know uh, any better, and they need to learn the skills and develop the uh, ability through the grace of God to begin to live a life like the life of the Lord Jesus. And as we begin to do that, then Paul does give us some directions for doing that, and that comes from Colossians 3, 9 through 11. First of all, he says, don't lie to one another. You are done with the old life. You know, you can't live a double life, Cindy. You know, I don't know if you remember in Shakespeare, uh, Shakespeare's face was divided in one of the plays he wrote four ways, and basically those are the four different patterns for personality you can't and 
And that's called being a hypocrite. A hypocrite is when you put something on your face to cover up what's in your heart. And Paul speaks against that. But he said, you know, it's like a, a filthy set of fitting clothes. You you put off your clothes. And what you've got to do, you've got to get dressed up. You've got to change the way you look on the outside by what you have now on the inside. It is an inside job becomes an outside display and, and picture of the mercy and the grace and the love of God. Well, and you know, in the message, those verses that you were quoting from, which are verses 9 through 11, goes on to say that it is a new way of life and it's custom made mm-hmm. by the Creator. You know, when we're talking and using such black and white terminology as death and lo- death versus life, not wanting to exclude grace and mercy, but what we're reason why we're drawing such a line in the sand is that is that the world would tell you it's it's all the same thing. You can live over here as the world lives. You're just one of a million and a billion mimicking and imitating billion people in right, the imitating the ways of the world. And here's what God's really trying to get to. It's not like He's trying to say, okay, you got to leave all this behind. So that now you can be this cookie cutter, you know, check your brain at the door person. It is this. It is that I can give you a custom made life that no one else can live. No one else can live the life that Evelyn can live. No one can live the life that I live. This is how individuated life with Christ is really is where we live for Christ, we live for others, we live in his presence, doing his work and communing with him. These are the this this is the the principles of a custom built life, but you do it in the personality and the person that that was given to Evelyn and you do it under that best case scenario. Yes. And, you know, you brought something else from Colossians, which I think is just perfect. You know, it talks about this battle uh, that self-discipline begins uh, with a battle in the mind. And, And when we're talking about this, you know, this battle between life and death where we have the ability to choose or not to choose, God is there ready to forgive us, ready to give us mercy, even in our sin, even in when we, when we, Walk back and put those old clothes on. He's still ready to forgive us, but mm-hmm. he's always reminding us when you want to come over here and live with me on an ongoing basis, when you want to be united to me, you have to remember your identity. And we first, we focus on our what? Our position in Christ. It all starts there. What is another way well, to the custom-built life? It's a constant uh, level of renewal, Cindy. Uh, we are never the same today. As, I mean, we are not the same today as we were yesterday when we are walking and dressing and operating under the power source of Christ. And so what we have to do is we must focus our minds on the things above. We, we, have to in, we really have to raise our internal standards. We talked about getting dressed up to go out in the world, but it, it starts in the heart. It starts in the mind. This week I said something. Jim and he, Jim McGee, a friend, came by to uh, pick up some things, and I said to him, he asked me how Van was, and I said, well, Van has a grouchy heart. 
And so, you know, late in the day, and Van reacted to that very strongly. He said, people think I've got a bad heart. And I said, well, maybe I said, you, maybe I should change it and say you have a grouchy mind. Because by the end of the day, he is literally exhausted, Cindy, from this surgery and all the rehab and everything. So, you know, I thought about that. You know, it is not really a grouchy heart. Sometimes it's just the way we begin to think about who we are and how we failed or how we've been successful or maybe sometimes, you know, how guilty we are because we've not done, we've not dressed up. But we do have to renew our thought life. Evelyn, you know, we're going to uh, we're gonna take our break, and we're going to come back. We're going to wrap up the program, and we're going to talk about what it is to dress up and go out with God. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 99.3 and 98.5, information with inspiration. Reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You may be listening up to us right now on the web. And also that you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we went out, we've been talking about what it is to go to the graveyard. <laughs> so we've gone to the graveyard. And then we talked about what it is to shed that old life mm-hmm. and then to begin to really live the custom-made. You know, and I'm one of those people, this this will shock people, I love to watch those shows where they uh, pimp my ride, uh, where they take the car, the old beat-up car. Oh, really? And then they have, oh, yes. And then they paint it, and they put custom interior on it, and they put the flames on it. I mean, those are custom-built cars, and yeah. I'm fascinated by that. Well, whole I'm fascinated process. by the, the uh, um, fashion shows when they take bring a little country lady in that looks like, you know, she's been in the dog pen, and they take her and make her into a, a <laughs> I, movie yeah, show. I'm dreaming of that. I wish you'd turn me in for one of those oh, shows okay. where I could well, get a fashion. Well, we look pretty good today. You're oh, in no. You're dressed up in black, blue, and I'm in red. And we're talking about what it is that we need to to dress up so that we really do uh, represent love in a world that's looking for love. Well, you know, there was a time in life where, you know, you literally got on your Sunday best. I, you know, for Christmas every year, I got, uh, you know, my coat mm-hmm. for church and new dress shoes. Yeah. And then probably, you know, we've outgrown those. Come Easter time, you'd get a, you'd you get a, a you'd get a new outfit. And you know, that was ceremonial. This is not what we're really mm-hmm. talking about here. We're making light of that, yeah. of dressing up and going out with God. You know, there is an aspect to reverence and holiness that I wish we could attach a little bit more. I'd love to see people come into church in a in a way that we're more prepared to have an encounter with God. It doesn't matter, though, how much we spend on our clothes. Mm-hmm. It cost him everything for us to come and Excellent. be in his presence. We owe it to God to be prepared when we come, to dress up from the inside, to be prepared to go out 
with God. Uh, and the scripture that the, we're taking this from is uh, verse 12 and 14 in Colossians 3. It said, so you're now chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked for you. And then it names these things like compassion and kindness, humility, quiet strength. I wonder sometimes I have quiet strength. Discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you wear, wear love. It is your basic, all-purpose garment. And never go out without it, Cindy. That's, that's what it means to dress up. Uh, it doesn't mean, you know, to wear bright blue or bright red. But it means that our spirit would be such a gentle, loving, kind, giving spirit that people could look at us and wonder, what is it about her that's different? What is it that makes her who she is or makes him? And, Cindy, you know, as we look about that, we there are just some of these things that we, we just have to do. We, we've got to recognize that our old life is dead. And we are a new creation. And that's when you're talking about the new life, the abundant life. That's the new wardrobe that you talked about, where where before we would want to get even. Uh-huh. But here you're talking about compassion, not just compassion for uh, the the brokenhearted, which certainly uh, is that, but right. compassion for those who do you wrong, who who uh-huh. in some ways we we have every right to want to get even with. Kindness, you know, in exchange for bitterness. Humility in exchange for pride. You know, pride goeth before the fall. If You know, and in there, in we're, we're a nation that sends a lot of mixed messages about, about pride. You know, on the one hand, you, you want to do a good job and you want to be excellent. But if you don't have a humble heart mm-hmm. and you set yourself up as the God in your own life, that's the fall that the Lord has talking about. We have to release past habits, too, Cindy. We put on, put off that old thing, like taking off a, a worn-out set of clothes and put on the new garments of praise. That is the sweetest garment that we can put on is praise as we go about our work. And then there's one more. And the other one is is that we replace them with new ones, and that's really what we're talking about here. We get rid of old habits. Only what? When we substitute new habits for them, you know, it's not, and, and much of what we're talking about here, Evelyn, is not just a mindset. It is a battle of the mind. And it is also, you know, a, a lifestyle where we have to create new habits. But really, apart from the Spirit of God that abides in us, we cannot discipline our flesh enough. It is the Spirit of God that guides us. And so then when we talk about getting rid of your old habits, you've got to be willing to recognize that in your suitcase uh-huh. are all is this new wardrobe that God wants you to dress up in to go out with him. Well, Cindy, we, uh, we have talked today about mercy and love and um we come back uh, next week. We're going to be talking about traveling room in life. How is it? That you can pack your suitcase with all the things of God and stay home, hide out, and not be effective in a world in which we live today. Or 
you can get on your traveling clothes and get your 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 suitcase of goodness that we're talking about and get out in the world and make a difference. If you want to live a custom-built life, if you want to, to live this life that we're talking about, living within the kingdom of grace, really living, exchanging your life for the life that God intended for you, where you want to live for Christ, live for others, live in his presence, it is very simple. You can do it right where you're at today. And it is this. And some of you may have already done this, but are in a place where you recognize that you have lived with one foot in one world and another foot in the, in the other. That in-between life, and you want to recommit your life to God. And it's all the same thing. You come before Him and you acknowledge that the life that you have built for yourself is not sufficient. There's something missing. And you acknowledge that there's something more and that Christ Jesus is that more. And that you recognize that he came to pay that price that you cannot pay for yourself. Why? Because he's the perfect one and you are not. And that you believe that he is that perfect one, the Messiah. And that you confess before him the sins that you have committed in your life, those old dead rags. And then you ask him to give you that new wardrobe, that new life, abundant life. This has been Love Talk.